Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Mark. I'm one of the pastors here. It's great to be with you today. I want to welcome everyone joining online. If you're online with us, let them know your name. That's how we get to know you. So let them know your name. They would love to interact with you, our, to- our hosts online. Today we are in week two of our series called Four. Uh, so uh, if you missed last week, I'd encourage you to go check it out. I'll talk about that in just a little bit. But if you missed it, check it out on Facebook, on YouTube. They all build together. Uh, there was a, a, a gentleman, um, he uh, had a friend of his who was actually a pastor, but he had a friend of his who was Brazilian uh, and didn't speak any English. And so his Brazilian friend ends up in the hospital one day. And so as, you know, as the pastor, he went to visit him and there was an interpreter who would always come when they were in the hospital together. So pastor would talk to his Brazilian friend, the interpreter would interpret it. Well, one day his um, the interpreter was busy, he could not make it. And so the pastor goes there and is talking to his Brazilian friend, trying to talk with him. And they are having some obviously tough time communicating. He gets a little bit closer, he leans in. And as they're talking, he notices that his friend's eyes just keep getting bigger and bigger. Uh, and he's trying to talk to him, he's trying to listen. The guy just starts like talking, like just talking, talking, talking. The pastor can't understand anything. And so he leans in a little more, he grabs his hand, he's holding his hand and the guy's eyes are getting bigger and they're getting bigger and he's talking faster and he's talking louder. And this goes on for a few minutes and now all of a sudden he not only stops talking, his friend passes away. And first service laugh when that happened, which they needed some help, okay. Um, and so a few days later, they're at the funeral and the pastor is distraught. This is a friend of his and he can't figure out what in the world happened. And so he finds the interpreter at the funeral home and he goes up to him and says, hey, um, I was visiting with my Brazilian friend and um, we were talking, but then his eyes just got big and he kept saying the same thing over and over and over again. He said, I just want to know what, what he was saying. Like, was he trying to tell me something that was so important, something that, would, that he just needed to get off his chest? And so he relays to the interpreter what he was saying. And the interpreter looks at him and says, Pastor, he was saying to you, you're stepping on my oxygen tube. Please step <laughs> off of it. I'm just bringing it right from the beginning today. Bring How many of you like oxygen? Anyone in here like oxygen? A third of us love oxygen. I don't know what the rest of you are choosing, but good luck with that. I like oxygen. In fact, I don't just like oxygen, I love it. Why? Because it is what keeps me alive, right? It's what, it is the breath that we receive is that oxygen. Did you know that the Bible is referred to as oxygen for us? 
In fact, God relayed this message that was written down by the Apostle Paul or the missionary Paul to his protege, Timothy, when he was talking to him on his deathbed, no, no joke, and relaying the most important things to him. It's recorded in 2 Timothy, and this one's in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, and it says the following. It says, all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is oxygen for us. It is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, it says that all scripture is God-breathed. So in the count of three, out loud and loudly, I want us to say the word all. One, two, three. Oh, okay. In the New Testament, it's written in Greek, and sometimes the translation in the Greek to the American or to English can can sometimes be challenging. So I looked up what does the word Greek in the Greek the word all mean in Greek, and how does it translate best into English? And guess what word it is? All. Okay. All. All Scripture is oxygen from God Himself. See, this series we we're talking about is called Four. And last week, I, I opened it up by talking about the fact that the Valley Church is four people. So often, and I even quoted a book from 2007 called Unchristian, what the world really thinks about Christians. And the results of that were that Christians were too political. They were anti-homosexual. They were just trying to get me saved. They were sheltered uh, and all kinds, a few other things that weren't necessarily what followers of Christ would probably want to hear. And I shared that our leader, Jesus, was for people. He was for people. And we looked at the passage in Luke that said he was for people, not only to see them spiritually experience life, but also physically, emotionally, socially, those under oppression. And so we unpacked that. We talked about what kind of rights that we should give to people in our lives. Had a little prop up on the stage. Refrigerator rights, okay? Giving more people refrigerators because we need to be for people. We need to be four people. Well, today I want to look at the second thing. I was trying to come up with something creative, something ingenious, something, something just off the charts, and I, I hit a wall. Uh, but I think I hit a wall on purpose because I just need to be just like straightforward with the second thing that the Valley Church is for. The Valley Church is for the Bible. Last week we said we are four people. This week we are for the Bible. All Scripture, all of it from the beginning to the end says that it's God speaking it. Now, one of the challenges can be, like, well, there's that one big book, and, and the reality is the Bible is not one book. You're like, well, yeah, it is. Like, you have, like, yeah, like, it's one book. No, it's actually 66 books. The Bible is 66 books written by 44 different authors over a period of 4,000 years. In our group at Alpha on Wednesday night, we were talking about who is Jesus, and our conversation kind of then divulged into or, or detoured into the Bible. And I'm like, this is good. I'm still working on the sermon. I was hitting the roadblock. Where is this going to go? And we had a fascinating conversation. Someone brought up the fact. They said, you know, the challenge is that everything I hear on the news always starts with a bias, and then the facts are given to support that bias. I'm like, yeah, I don't watch the news much, but anytime I do, that does seem pretty accurate. And they're like, you know, I, I just don't know what's true because how do I know the Bible's true? You can give me all these supporting facts, all this supporting evidence, Mark, that the Bible's true, and that's all fine and dandy, 
But you're starting with the premise that the Bible's true and you're just supporting that. I was like, keep preaching, brother. That's good stuff, right? And, and then we got talking about someone else brought up, well, which translation is right? I'm like, the original Hebrew and the Greek? None of us knew Hebrew and Greek, so we kind of got stuck. Um, and there's all these translations, right? I mean, if you have the Version Bible app on your phone, which by the end of the service, I hope everyone does, hint, hint, um, there, is a, there are a lot of translations. Not, I'm not talking about like Mandarin and Korean. That's, I don't know if any of us are fluent in that. I'm just talking English. There's a lot of different translations. And then someone else is like, it's just complicated. It's just confusing. There's certain things that happen in there. Someone was just raw and honest. They're, like, they're just weird. Like, I don't get it. Like, in the book of Judges, like some fat king gets a sword stuck in his gut and his bowels fall out. I didn't make that up. It's in there. Okay, look for yourself. Like, what's that have to do with my life? You read that, I'm transformed. I'm a different person. No, right? I mean, and so today what I want to look at is why are we for the Bible? And why should you consider being for it too? This whole series to me is about all of us on this faith journey. I, I love it. I'm constantly thinking about maybe anyone that's with us here or with us online or watching us after the fact, um, who is just like, I'm not into this. I don't believe it. I think it's a bunch of, of, of I think Genesis is a fairy tale. I can't, how does God just create life from non-life? And how does he create something out of nothing? And it's just an allegory. And then these other things, there's no way he rose from the dead. There's no way people rise from the dead. That's not even possible. To maybe some of you here today are like, yeah, I, I've experienced it. And not rising from the dead. <laughs> I've experienced, if you did, that's cool too. But I've experienced the Bible. I've experienced God interacting with me through it, and it's changed me. So today we're going we're gonna to look at a story in the, in the scripture. We're going to be in one chapter. It's going to be in the, in the book of Acts. It was written by the physician Luke, the same guy who wrote the, the third book of the New Testament called Luke. Um, and it's very detailed. And we're going to be in chapter 17. So here's what I want us to do today. There's Bibles. If you're here physically with us, there's Bibles in front of you. Grab one if there's one near you. If you have the Bible on your phone, go ahead and, and pull that up. If you don't, arm wrestle the person next to you for the Bible next to you. We're going to be in, in Acts chapter 17. It's on page I think 699, is that right? No, 899. It's on page 899. If you're with us online, if you have a Bible, go grab one. If you don't, your host can even let you know, like go to biblegateway.com and then you can get the same thing or you can download that app on your phone right now. I'm not going to put the verses or very many verses on the screen. That's intentional. Uh, I want us to start holding these more. I want us to, to use them more. And I think it's only pertinent if I'm talking about being for the Bible, I should do that. The other thing is this. If you're here with us physically today and you don't have a Bible at home, um, or you have one and it's in a version that you're like, I have no idea. I didn't use the word thou this week or thine. Um, and you just can't make sense of it, here's what I want you to do today. That Bible that you grabbed off the floor and they have in your hand, or you're going to get in your hand soon, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take it home with you when you leave. Just, you don't have to pack it in your purse or anything. I'm giving you permission. I did first service. Just take it home. It's free. It's yours. 
go for it. Because I want everyone to have God's word in their home. Because I believe it's going to transform your life. You're going to hear some stories today. You're not just going to hear me unpack the text, which you will. I will. We're going to hear some stories today uh, of how encountering God through scripture has transformed life. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 17, as I said. Now, this, the, the story with this is, or the context of this is, there's the Apostle Paul and his, and his co-worker Silas. They are missionaries. They are in Greece. The whole setting for chapter 17 happens in modern-day Greece. So it was called Macedonia back in biblical, biblical times, but it's Greece. Same th- thing as Greece. There's three different cities they go to. There's three different times that, that, uh, that Paul stands up in the church. Or they, it was a synagogue at that time. And he, he opens up the scripture. He starts teaching or preaching just like I am now. And in these three different cities in the, in the country of Greece, there were three different responses. We're going to look at each of those. We're going to then kind of extrapolate their response, what our response might be, and then kind of go from there. But before I do that, here's the bottom line for today. Here's the bottom line for today. Now this hit me this week. Uh, I was struggling kind of bringing the sermon to, uh, to kind of uh, meshing it together. It was just kind of all scattered all over the place. And so Thursday morning, I had an MRI. And if you've ever had an MRI, the time you're in that tube, you're not going anywhere. Like there's no, you're there. Like they have a captive audience. Yeah, they give you this little thing to squeeze, but I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm just going to lay here. And you have time to think. There's no kids yelling. There's no other. I mean, it's just me staring at something like two inches away from my face. And so I just started listening. I just started quieting in my mind. And this is what came to mind as the bottom line today. Now, some of you might struggle with the bottom line, but just hang with me as we kind of come full circle. today. Here's the bottom line. It's okay not to believe the Bible, but it's not okay not to read it. I'm going to say that again. It's okay to not to believe the Bible. And if you're here today and you're in that camp, I want you to know it's okay. Like there's no judgment. Come as you are. If you're with us online, if you're watching this a year from now, it's okay not to believe the Bible, but it's not okay not to read it. Chapter 17, verse 1 says, when they, being Paul and Silas, when they had passed through Amphipolis, in Opolonia, they came to Thessalonica, which that city actually, Thessalonica still exists. Go on the map, go to Google Maps right now. It's a K instead of a C at the end, but Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Christ, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and not a few prominent women. But the Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters. I just love that, bad characters. They rounded up some bad characters. Sometimes I wonder if I'm that guy, but from the marketplace, formed a mob and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other brothers before the city officials shouting, these men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here and Jason has welcomed them into the house. They are all defying Caesar's decree saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. And then they made Jason and the others post bond and let him go. The Bible was open. The Bible was taught. And there was a group of people who rejected it. See, today you're going to look at three different responses to God's word. You can be for it. 
or you can reject it is kind of the first kind of thing we're looking at. And so maybe you're here today and you do fit in that category. Like, Mark, you seem like a decent guy, but someone's like duping you, okay? Like, I got some oceanfront property in Kansas for you too, if you want to believe this, you know? Uh, you're just like, I, I don't see how it fits into my life. I, I, think, it's, I think it's weird. I think, I think it's just all made up. I think it's just people got together and kind of figured out some stuff. I think it's just kind of a, a con job. I think it's just kind of manipulating my mind. I think, I think that some of it's allegorical. I think it, and you're just like, I, I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. I'm not taking one word of it as truth. But maybe you're here today and you're like, well, Mark, I don't reject it. Like, I believe that Jesus did rise from the grave. I, be I believe that every word in this is true. I believe that what happened in Genesis was not allegorical. I believe that God did create everything. I believe that there will be a new heaven and earth someday. Mark, every single thing in here, like, preach it, brother. Let me ask you this question. Have you opened it recently? And I say this in love, not condemning. Are you, are you spending any time in it? Do you know where it is? Have, is it something that's part of your life? Because here's the deal. You might not say that you reject it, but by our actions, we're kind of rejecting it, aren't we? I do. I, say, I don't say that demeaning. I just like, honestly, if we're not utilizing, it's like anything, right? <laughs> if I have something that I should be using or at least could use and I don't use it, I'm kind of rejecting it, right? I mean, we might not use that term. We just might say I'm not using it. But the reality is it's kind of one and the same. And so one response to this can be a rejection. Either I flat out don't believe it or I do believe it, but I'm really not engaging much with it. Now, that's one group we talked to. They're traveling throughout Greece. Picture this. They're kind of in the northeast corner of Greece. They, they venture down southwest a little bit to Berea. I'm going to get there in a second. I'm actually going to go to where they ended up third, which is kind of way down south to the southwest in Athens in verse 16. And you'll read this as I'm reading. It says, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, in other words, waiting for Timothy and Silas, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the Greek fearing, God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there a group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to dispute with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating for foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. See, a second response that we can have to the scriptures or to the Bible, to God's word, is we can ridicule it. That's what they're doing here. They're mocking it. They're like... Like, the, now look at the audience. The audience was philosophers. Last time I had a conversation with a philosopher was, yes, no, I don't know. But anytime I've had, like I took philosophy class, anytime I listen or read anything from philosophers, the word that comes to my mind right away is one simple word, smart. <laughs> they are very smart people. That's what they do. They think about things really deep. I'm like, the world just goes round and round. Sounds good to me. I mean, philosophers, I mean, they're diving in. These are intellectuals. These are, are people with so much intellect, like you, like a lot of people that we know. And they're looking and saying, no way. Like, faith? Come on, man. Like, there's got to be facts. There's got to be all this. I mean, don't, don't buy this. Like, Paul, 
Paul was a bright guy, very intelligent guy, but they're like, we're smarter than that. We know better. And, and they just ridiculed. They just ridiculed and kind of mocked it. Let's go back up to Berea. So we're traveling back up northeast in Greece. As soon as it was night, it said the brothers sent Silas and Paul away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Notice every time, like I told you, going to preach. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness. And get this, they examined the scriptures every day. How often? Every day to see if what Paul said was true. Many of the Greeks believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. When the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea, they went there too, because apparently they didn't have anything better to do, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. The brothers immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. The men who accompanied Paul brought him to Athens, which we already talked about, and that's where... Silas and Timothy soon joined. You had this third group who, when they heard the message, they received it. But they didn't just take it at face value. This is what I love. It says that they searched day after day to see if what was in there was true. I would encourage you to do the same. Every single week, a preacher, whoever is up here, don't just take it at face value. Seriously. Like, go. You can watch it on YouTube 1,500 times. You can go word by word. And, you know, seriously, we need to then dive into this. We need to not just take it and believe. I don't believe in blind faith. I believe that we have to dive in and kind of make some sense of stuff and see what's true and what's not. Remember this. It's okay to not believe the Bible, but it's not okay to not read it. See what was happening here? They dove in. See, when we just say, I don't believe something, or someone you know says, I just don't believe the Bible, I think it's a bunch of bull or whatever. When we say that, and we don't actually dive in, that's intellectually dishonest. Just call it what it is. That's intellectually dishonest. You can't say that you don't believe something. You can't say that something's untrue. You can't say something is not relevant. You can't say something, you can't just mock something if you haven't experienced it. So a few months ago, I got an email from someone at our church and in this email, she was just explaining how she decided in her life she needed to start searching the scriptures day by day. She was going to start owning her faith. She was going to dive in and see if all this is true, if all this lines up. And if it is, how is it changing my life? And so she shares this email and then she just goes on and continues with how it's changing her life how she's meeting God when she opens up, when she's, she's seeing things about God that she never knew before. She's, she's experiencing things in her own life that she didn't know were possible. So as I was preparing this message, I shot her back an email. Well, I emailed her back after getting it, but I emailed her also back this week and I said, hey, Katie, I'm preaching about being for the Bible. Would you come up and share your story? They hear me enough. Would you come up and share your story? And she emailed back as if any of you would when you get an email like that from me. Some of you are going to block me right now. <laughs> saying everything, her response was, everything within me is saying no. <laughs> For the same reason you're sitting there and already sweating a little bit, just thinking about it, being up in front of a group. But she said, the Holy Spirit's telling me yes. 
And so would you welcome Katie Jackson up to the stage right now as she shares her story. Well, uh, he's right. You can bet I'm going to think twice before I email him. Uh, but thank you for the welcome. Um, I'm excited just to share a little bit about my story. Um, so growing up, I've always been involved in church. Um, ever since I can remember, I've been to Sunday school, vacation Bible school. I've served with kids. I've served with teens. I even tried the nursery for a little bit, which was uh, a train wreck, honestly. Um, but church is not something that I'm unfamiliar with. Um, and, you know, I've always known God. Um, I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior when I was five years old at Vacation Bible School. Um, and I learned about him through my Sunday school teachers or sermons or my pastors and, of course, my family. But there comes a point in your life, and at least mine, where I had to seek God for myself. And, you know, I'm the type of person that likes to test things out for myself. I don't like to just take what other people say and run with it. And speaking of that, um, a few years ago, in my even younger young adult years, in my late teen years, uh, I asked my dad, uh, my dad is a very hard worker. He's very routine-oriented, and every day he gets up in the morning. He gets up anywhere between 2.30 and 3.30, uh, well before I'm awake, and he gets himself ready for work. And every evening, he gets out a few items, and he puts them on the kitchen table, he gets out his box of Cheerios, he gets out his Bible, and he gets out his Our Daily Bread devotional. And I asked him one time, I said, one, Dad, how do you eat Cheerios every day of your life? And two, uh, how do you read the Bible that early in the morning? Like, how do you not just fall back asleep in your cereal bowl? Uh, and yes, I really did ask him that question. Um, and, you know, I never did get the answer about the Cheerios. Uh, I think that's just because he's weird. Sorry, Dad, I know you're watching. <laughs> but at least his heart is healthy. Um, but he did say something, and it stuck with me, and he said, the more you read, the more you want to read. And, you know, I really took that to heart, and I did eventually come to test it for myself. Um, up until that point, I was using the Bible more of like a dictionary, um, if I had a question, I would look something up. If the pastor had referenced a particular chapter, uh, I would pull it out for reference. But I definitely was not using the Bible as my daily bread. Um, in fact, at the time, I was using the Bible more of like a crouton that I would pull out when I felt like my life needed a little extra seasoning or something extra. And I'm here to tell you today that the Bible is more than a crouton. Um, and I have a few favorite verses that I just want to share with you guys. Uh, starting in John chapter 6, verse 35, it says, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. And Matthew 4, 4, Man shall not live by bread or Cheerios alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And finally, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And you know, I, about that time, uh, I had to ask myself, if God is real and he is who he says he is, then I must also believe in his word and that it is absolute truth. All scripture is God-breathed. And I realized that I didn't want to live another day. I didn't want to live every day without referencing absolute truth. Um, and I just got to a point in my life where I truly wanted to learn more about his word. 
Um, and you know, when I first started attending the Valley, I was amazed at the way that God's word was brought to life through the sermons, through a few areas, and God was really working in my life. And you know, I'm one of those stereotypical people that I would start the new year off, and I would say, you know, I want to read the Bible all throughout the year. And I would start in Genesis, and I would get to about Leviticus, like we always joke about, and I would stop. But this year, I really decided that I wanted to do it, and I got myself a chronological Bible, um, and it just puts the order of events in the Bible in the way that they happen in history in that order. But more importantly, they put the Bible into 15-minute intervals, uh, daily readings, and that's how I started. Just day by day, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Um, and I'm here to tell you from personal experience that God worked in my life in a very powerful way when I just started. Just one chapter, one verse at a time. Um, in Matthew 7, 7, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And I can tell you, um, God worked in my heart in so many ways just when I started seeking him. Um, and I did eventually come to test and it is true that the more that you read, the more you want to read. And that just circles back to my last verse that I have here in Hebrews 4.12, which is my favorite book of the Bible. It says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And I think it's funny sometimes that uh, the tongue in the Bible is referenced as a sword. And some people in my life have told me that my sword can be a little bit sharp, but I guarantee that it's not as sharp as this. And I just want to challenge you guys just the same that I did, um, just to test it out for yourselves. The more you read, the more you want to read. And I can tell you from personal experience that he has truly changed my life, and it is my biggest value. And I have full confidence that he can do the same for you. And I'm just so thankful for the way that he provides, and just for giving us our daily bread. Thank you. I'd say she's a natural. I love, you know, someone in their mid-20s just saying, I'm, I'm building this foundation right now. And what an example to me, and I'm sure to some others too, what a, what a, what a great challenge to hear there's a little girl, she was uh, kneeling by her bed. She was saying her prayers and she said the following. She said, dear God, please make me a, a good little girl if you can. But if you can't, don't worry about it because I'm having fun the way I am. <laughs> I love the authenticity. But it also reminds me, and it can remind us, that if we want to change, or if we're going to change, we got to want it, Right? If we're going to see transformation happen in our life, then we have to want to be transformed. If we want to learn what truth is, then we have to go to the one who breathed truth, the one who created truth, the one who is the author of truth, God himself. And there's no other, way we, no other place we can go that's going to give us truth. We might get partials here. We might get snippets there. We might get half here. But from beginning to end, Scripture is God-breathed and God is truth. That's why we're for the Bible. Now, you might be asking, Mark, what, what do I do about this? Again, it's, it's 66 books, it's 40, it's 40 authors, it's huge, it's confusing. 
where do I start? I'm going to give you three, and you pick one or you can pick another one, but three simple ways. Here, here's my challenge. What if the Valley Church, what if everyone here and everyone first service and those joining online, what if we decided we we're going to search the scripture? Just spend, start with some time, a couple minutes in scripture. My first one is this, download that version Bible app. I implore you, download that version Bible app. Go to our public Wi-Fi network, the password, I don't know, they might yell at me for doing this, but capital T, capital V, capital C, dot lowercase Troy. There you go for the whole world to see. Okay, I don't know what that, Jeremiah is probably yelling at me in his head right now because he's RIT guy. Download the version Bible. I'm telling you, for me, because I'm like you, some days are, some days, a lot of days are busy. You can be on the, I have it everywhere. The phone is always within a few feet of us, right? I mean, or inches. Um, download, you can pick different translations. It will even voice talk to you, okay? So you can have it speak. There's times when I'm just shaving in the morning and I got it playing, right? Where I'm just letting, as it's quiet, I'm just kind of soaking it in. Download the YouVersion Bible. The second way to start searching the scriptures day after day, we have a group, and I, all our groups here, I, man, those people did a phenomenal job up here. We have so many people just good on the stage. I don't even know if I need to be up here anymore. Um, so one, one of those groups, one group in particular I want to highlight is, our U, is the YouVersion app life group. Kira's leading that group. For you online in particular, I know there's different folks from all over the country and world that watch from time to time. Join that group. If you're looking for some community, join that group. Uh, they're just going to take the sermon each week. They're going to find a, a version Bible study that fits with it, and they're going to journey together. The last one is this, a clear next step. It's not too late to join Alpha. We meet on Wednesday nights. It's week three coming up. I think there was like 100 people here, including the leaders last week. It was awesome. We get in groups, and, and we have our table discussions. We eat food, and we just talk about like we talk about the challenges. We talk about the questions we have. We just, it's, it's one of the things, like anything you can say is fair game. We're not going to, no one's going to get shot down. Uh, and so at six o'clock on Wednesday nights, if you're here or joining us somewhere and you're like, man, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm the one, I'm rejecting it. I'm the one who's ridiculing it. Would you at least give it a shot? Why? Because it's okay not to believe the Bible, but it's not okay not to read it. About a year ago, we were driving to my aunt and uncle's house uh, a couple hours from here for Thanksgiving. And I had mentioned to my wife while we were driving, I said, I suggest my fingers have been tingling for a while. Like last couple of weeks, it's just weird. And that's kind of the conversation. <laughs> like, how do you respond to that? Like, congratulations. I don't know. Like, um, you know, and so I just had brought that up. But over the next couple months, I was like, man, not only is that, but I'm getting tingling in my arms and my stomach and my lower back and down my leg. And I was told her, I'd give a couple months, I'll go to the doctor. Well, I didn't get any better towards the end of, of January. And there was a couple times during that time when I was having trouble walking up the stairs. I was, out jog, I was jogging on the treadmill at the Y and almost fell off of it one day because my legs were just so wobbly. And I came home and said to Jess, I said, um, something's not right. <laughs> like something's not right. Cause like, it's hard to walk upstairs. My leg just keeps collapsing on me. Um, and I can't run. My legs just feel like they're jello all the time going, doing the laundry, coming back upstairs is a chore. This is not normal. Um, and so you do what you shouldn't do when that happens. You start Googling symptoms, causes for wobbly legs, causes for issues with walking. And your responses start coming back as multiple sclerosis, ALS, Parkinson's disease. And, and you do that, and, and again, things just kept deteriorating where I was, my anxiety was raised. I've never had an issue with anxiety 
in my life. Um, but now I know what it's like for those who do, because I started to have an anxiety issue. I started, I'm, I'm functioning, I'm doing my job here. You probably don't know any different. I kind of stay to myself, you know, because we, we all have our issues and I'm not special. So I just kind of keep that, you know, cards close to the vest. But I was struggling, <clears throat> excuse me, struggling. I was having trouble sleeping. There was one night I just woke up and like, in a, like a paralysis kind of, as far as like just overwhelmed. I was convinced that I had like a, a terminal kind of neurological, because things were just not going the right direction. And I remember talking to some friends of mine in ministry, some friends who I could just be raw with. And I said, hey, I don't know what's going on, but I'm having anxiety problems that I never have had before. Um, I don't know what to do about this. And someone who uh, with a lot of wisdom said, God's going to, or Satan's going to come after your mind. They knew me and they knew how I, my mind's always going. And they're like, he's going to come after your mind on this, um, which he already started, started to. And then I find out it's not that stuff, but I do find out it's spinal cord related and I'm going to need a surgery and they're going to be cutting right by my spinal cord and all that kind of fun stuff. That, by the way, when they tell you that, that doesn't necessarily lower your anxiety. <laughs> it's good to hear I don't have MS, but it's not great to hear that we're going to, and then they go through the list. You might die. You might be paralyzed. You might bleed out. You're like, and we're still doing this. Okay. okay. Um, and during that, that season, it's, it, it was a long season. Um, I took those words to heart and I took to heart that I'm for scripture. I'm for the Bible and it's truth. It's God breathed. And God really cared about me. Like he cares about you. And he doesn't want us to live stressed out. He doesn't want us to live on this, this cloud I had. And this, this passage became my anthem verse. It's Philippians 4. You'll see it on the screen. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God. Man, I needed that. Anyone, you don't have to raise your hand, but anyone need peace today? Anyone know someone who needs peace? And the peace of God, which transcends human understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. And I needed that second one big time. And your minds in Christ Jesus. So here's what I started praying as I, stu- as I just consumed scripture, as I just let this verse soak in from here down to here. I just kept praying, God, guard my mind. Send your angels and guard this mind because I was just freaking out for lack of a better theological term. I was just in a state that wasn't healthy. I wasn't happy. It was just consuming my entire life. And here's how good God is. He answered that prayer. I I didn't pray it one time, by the way. I prayed it first thing in the morning. I I, I made that verse. I just like let that verse, don't be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God with transcends all understanding, guard your mind. Just let me, just guard my, I kept saying, guard, God, guard, guard my mind, guard my mind, guard my mind, guard my mind, guard my mind. And because he's a good dad, that's what he did. Over a period of time, I realized that I was still going to have a surgery. <laughs> They're still going to go to my, near my spinal cord. Even leading up to the night before, even the morning of, I was at complete peace. The only time any anxiety crept up was when they wheeled me back into the operating room. I was not knocked out yet. I look to my right, see the table that I'm going to be on in a few moments. And then I look to my left and see all kinds of sharp objects. I'll be straight up. I was like, knock me out fast. Okay? And next thing I knew, I woke up, woke up in the recovery. God was so good and faithful. Because his word is true, church. It is God breathed. And God doesn't lie. 
He can't change who his character is. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. If he says it's true, it's true. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And I think we have to get past the time of just looking at these as words on a page and just more information or more content like Katie was saying. And it's, that's just transformational stuff. This is not just more content. This is not just go to when I need it. This is like the breath of life. And I was in a season where someone was metaphorically stepping on that oxygen tube. For me, it was the anxiety thing. And it was being, I was being crushed and being crushed and being crushed. And then God's word, which is alive and well, as she shared in Hebrews 4, 12. Alive and well. It cut in. It went to the depth. It went into my mind and other places where I couldn't go myself. I didn't have that capacity. I don't have that capacity. And God did the healing that only he can. Why am I for the Bible? Because I've encountered it and it's changed me. I could list off all kinds of archaeological reasons why you should believe it. I could list off all kinds of historical reasons why you should believe it. I could list off all kinds of other, you know, other proofs that are out there. And that's good. It's good supporting evidence. But the best thing I can tell you today, why you should be for the Bible, is because if you start searching it day after day, you're going to meet Jesus. You're going to meet him there he's going to change your life. And not just one time, but over and over and over. To the point in my life now, I can't live without it because it is life. It is God's breath. Without it, I am absolutely lost. There's no way in this world I can function without it. So will you take that step? I don't know what, I, don't, I want to make this easy. I don't want to make this complicated. Just take a step. Take a Bible home. Download the app. Come to a group that's going to process and any question goes. Join an online group. Same deal. Join one of our other groups. Maybe for you, it's just starting somewhere. Starting with two minutes a day. I'm not one of those um, dogmatic people that you got to start, you got to read the whole Bible this year. If you don't, you failed. Just start somewhere. Start with the Gospel of John. Start with James. Start with Psalms. Start with Proverbs. Start somewhere. And here's what I challenge you to do in closing. Read it for the next 10 days. Search it the next 10 days. And I'll guarantee you this. Your life will be better and you'll be transformed in some capacity in 10 days from where you are now. You ready to do that? Ready to take that, take that dive? It's the breath of life. It's the one who created you, who created all of us, and he wants to meet us. And this is one of the best places to do that. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you're not just out there and said, hey, believe in me, but I'm not going to give you anything to study. I'm not going to give you anything to encounter me. No, you, you are so incarnate. You are so with us that you gave us your words. <laughs> you gave us yourself and it's available to us. So Father, if there, anyone in here, whether, whether you're, whether you're fit in the category of you're rejecting it, whether you fit in the category of, of ridiculing, whether you, you fit in the category of receiving, I pray that each of us would, would take one step this week with your word. And for those of us here who might be battling with depression or with anxiety or 
with, with debilitating fear or, or worry or just feel lost, then instead of going to all the other options we have available to try to, to get some answers to that this week, we, we, we would give you a shot. We would give you a shot. We would open up. We pulled up on our phone. We would start somewhere. And God, I ask right now that you would reveal yourself in some new, fresh, insanely cool way to every person that's here today. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me? If you need prayer, there's going to be people up here who'd love to pray with you. I want to end with this verse. It's Jesus' words himself, and it's a fitting closing. It says this. He says, if you remain in my word, you will truly be my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. Go in that freedom this week. Be blessed. Hopefully you can make it tonight to APAC for the night of worship. We'll see you next week. You're dismissed. Friends, as you head out into your week this week, we want you to take the Valley Troy with you. And how can you do that? Well, the first thing you can do is like the Valley Troy page on Facebook. When you like the Valley Troy page, you in fact get notified every time we go live. So not just on a Sunday service, but any of the other things that might be going on, any of the other events. You can also share posts just like this. And if you are watching on YouTube this morning, I am gonna ask you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. This will give you an opportunity to go back and learn more about the Valley, Valley and its values by listening to past messages, as well as getting to know the different communicators at the Valley. If you are new with us today, I hope that you felt incredibly welcomed and that you will give us a chance to get to know you. You can do that by texting NEW to 937-358-6565, and then you and I can connect with one another. Friends, it is an incredible blessing always to join with you. From my home to yours, have an incredibly blessed week.
today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected with all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend because changed lives change lives.